2: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl here with David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer's in Seattle. August CPI does run hot, up a tenth on headline, up six-tenths on core, as this decline in energy costs not enough to offset higher prices on shelter, medical care, new cars. Stocks obviously look to open red uh, the two-year above 3.7. We're going to begin with that hotter-than-expected CPI number, Jim. You just had a discussion about, you know, it's a print in which it's hard to pin uh, the increase on any particular category, pretty broad based.
3: Well, at the same time, isn't that why the Fed's talking about raising rates? I mean, one of the things that really astounds me is let's say this number uh, showed a decline in almost every single aspect of what we saw it in. I think we'd be saying, I cannot believe the Fed is raising range point seven five. They're going to throw us right in a recession. What I think the Fed is doing is saying, "Okay, look, let's make it so that housing is not so hot. Can't do all that much about food. We'll be able to make it so that you can't buy a lot of autos because the financing is going to be too expensive. Why do people think the Fed was going to do 0.75? Did they think the Fed would say, you know what, weaker number, let's let's cool it? You know, David, when I look at these things and I look at the futures down big, I think – all right. Are the people who still do this risk-on, risk-off nonsense really still in charge after we've seen that this is the year of the stock picker? David, I need three stocks that get hurt by this. I just need three stocks. All right. give, me, give me two stocks. Give them to me, please. So you're
1: just blaming rapid-fire traders who are looking at CPI numbers and reacting as opposed to actually reacting to what? The, the macroeconomic picture as it really stands? I mean... Jim, we were expecting a down number. We'd gotten hints that we might finally be taming inflation in a a more significant way. And then we see that, you know, the index for all items, less food and energy, rose 0.6% in
3: August. It was only up 0.3% in July. It's going in the wrong direction. But uh, but, uh, let's talk about empirical data. Uh, About uh, two hours ago, we did a significant piece on rents, Diane Oleg did a piece about how rents are going down. That is something that could be happening in all the high-end areas. When you talk to GM and Ford, what they say is they're worried about financing going higher. I think that's going to happen. When you look at the actual price of homes, they're obviously coming down. Is food necessarily an issue? Well, we know from Tyson Food last quarter that both food, uh, both beef and chicken, they weren't able to raise prices. So when I look at these things, I say to myself, oh, wow, the Fed's going to raise 0.75 and it looks like things might be leveling out. i want won 0.75. The discussion of 1.0 is, is, pretty, is panicking, and the discussion of 0.50 is not enough. So how about if we can just say, and Carl, I think this is what's so significant. If we had tame inflation and we heard that the Fed's going to move 0.75, the whole discussion this morning would be about recession. Can we just cool it and say there's going to be some inflation uh, less likely chance of recession. Uh, and then instead of selling everything, we actually look at what we're selling. Um, is this the time but, to sell JP Morgan on this? Uh, it may well not be, Jim. But at the same time,
1: as you well know, there are a lot of uh, algorithmic trades, trades that are set up to react to things like this, including that CPI number. And I would just come back to the fact that we do know, at least according to Powell and other members of the Fed as well, that they're willing to overdo it, so to speak, in terms of raising rates to really tame inflation. I mean, there's people not talking about 100 basis points instead of 75.
3: Well, look, the two years at a price that is, I think, pretty significant, 3.6, that does signal that you're gonna have a 0.75 rate increase. But I, we're listening to a lot of people who come on air and their reluctance to mention individual stocks has to do with the fact that they don't cover individual stocks, They're largely economists. I'm stuck with individual stocks. Why? Because our, our viewership is stuck with individual stocks. Our viewership is not high-speed algorithmic traders. Our viewership is looking at, okay, you send all that stuff down, you give us a chance to buy what we missed last Monday, and we're going to pick among the rumble. Carl, when I see the, the crawl, the things that are being sold out underneath, I have to tell you, I don't think any of these companies is actually going to be worth less if today, I suggest that we all watch Oracle. They had a very good quarter. They bought back a ton of stock. I know it's not a high-growth stock, but I think it's interesting. I also key on Disney. Why? Because Disney's better than it was because they're talking about better things. And David's going there. And I think the discussion will be about how well they're doing, not about, hey, you know what? I'm really worried about the tenure. I'm really worried about the Fed funds. These are bargains. And they may not be bargains initially, because if I were a futures trader like these people, I'd hit them again and I hit them again. Why? Because that's all I know to do. But Carl, we are people who look at individual companies that are doing well, and we're saying thank you very much.
2: Yeah, it's difficult, Jim. I mean, if if uh, on the one hand you expect the Fed uh, to lean in hard and uh, and and break some things, as as we sometimes say. You compare that to the commentary we've gotten just this week alone about the strength of the consumer from Amex, B of A, AT&T, Visa, Constellation, Match, um, I mean, the airlines, uh, they are not saying in United's words, uh, it's almost like summer didn't end. That's how strong air uh, traffic and air passenger traffic is right now.
3: Well, that's what I heard from Expedia yesterday with Mr. Kern. I, I think it's obvious that to me, the consumer is strong. But it's also obvious to me that doesn't mean that the consumer will be strong. Uh, why did Powell start talking about 0.75? Is it because he felt that the numbers were going to cool? Honestly, again, I want to put it in, in the words of people who would have come on air and said, you know what? CPI is cool, and the Fed is doing 0.75. I'm talking about a first-class disaster as the consumer rolls over. You know, look, I don't want, it. I don't want this number, but in, in, I'd say, in retrospect, It does say that Powell was right with 0.75, and it's right that they have another 0.75. I'm looking at individual stocks and just saying, okay, that's why they've been at these levels, particularly tech. Uh, And I got to tell you, if you're a banker and you look at these uh, levels and you're thinking the Fed's going to go 0.75, I'm going to raise numbers for every single bank. They report first. So I struggle with the idea that the future should still be in control after the disastrous performance of most people who do algorithmic trading. It's always impossible, Carl, to judge. I always like to put things in sports terms. You know, Russell Wilson crushed it last night. And it's so great (laughs) that when Denver came to Seattle, it was just a monster defeat. And Geno Smith was everything that we thought. Oh, wait a second. They actually had a game. And that didn't happen. But you know what? Forget about the truth. Fantasy is better than fact. That's who those guys are. David, I know that we don't want to say, wait a second, uh, this was a great number, because it's not. But, David, I also have to tell you, I mean, that's why the Fed decided to do 0.75. I mean, I think, if anything, the Fed saw the game last night before us. Understood. But, again, those who...
1: Those who do not want to own stocks here or are choosing not to buy many of the names that you perhaps feel are, uh, are worth buying at this point would simply say there is further weakness to come and that there will be softness in the economy that will show itself through the diminished earnings of many of these companies. So why would I want to own equities now when they're going to get cheaper? Simple as that.
3: Well, because utilities, which I follow, are not raising rates for electricity. They're coming down. Natural gas has come down a lot. I cover the home builders. They're incredibly petrified that high end homes are coming down along with the rest. We heard this morning on our own network that rental is coming down. Have we heard that food's coming down? Well, why don't we see what Costco says? Now, yes, it's entirely possible that that j was not able to solve the Ukrainian question, which is about point about 7 percent of our calories. But you know what? Maybe the Ukrainian army's going to solve that problem. So I look at these things and I say, do I really want to be so stupid as be able to say every single part of that rally last week is gone? I mean, I looked at at some of the tech stocks after this and I said to myself, I just spent the day at Amazon Web Services yesterday. Do you know what Adam Slipsky, who runs that company, the one thing he didn't mention, the possibility of the Fed going 0.75? Right.
1: I get it. I get it. Uh, We should, uh, Carl, just go through the numbers again quickly for people who may have missed it. The food index was up 0.8% in August. That was the smallest monthly increase since December 2021. Uh, Index for other food at home rose 1.1%, food at home 0.7% in August. Um, And then medical care just gets more and more expensive all the time, doesn't it? Um, Maybe that actually translates to want to look at some of those things.
2: Yeah. Uh, Medical care, up eight tenths. Jim, you know, we thought we might start to get some relief in, in new vehicles, up eight tenths, um, food up six tenths. You know, the, the, the most concerning thing, I think, for a lot of people is going to be shelter up seven tenths. Fitch is out right now. Uh, services inflation is the biggest concern, Jim, fueled by that acceleration in rent. It looks like it's got quite a bit further to go. I mean, you talk about housing uh, getting knocked down. People are going to have to rent instead. And that's sort of locked them in a box.
3: Well, you know, was Diana Olick's piece just fiction? It was just kind of one of those things that we did just say, listen, her piece on rental was just something we should completely dismiss and we should focus on these. I like Diana Olick. I think she does a good job. I don't think she made up that report. I don't think it was one of those things where she just said, I'm reaching into my fictional bag. I also think that it's a possibility if you listen to what Oracle had to say about Cerner, which is a big healthcare company, that things might be getting a little bit better there. I know that uh, people aren't going to cancel trips over that, but that's service. People are, going every, people are going everywhere. You can't change that. That is something that is post-COVID, Carl, and people have been locked up. Uh, the idea that, that the autos can continue to finally get the semiconductors and therefore flood the space of autos is not included in those numbers, but it's certainly the, the truth now. Uh, And then what I think will happen, this whole, what we're going to hear is the endless debate of 0.75 versus 100 over the next six days. I think that's a red herring. I think you get 0.75 and the Fed's going to stay vigilant, maybe do another 0.75. That's what the two to three year says. But you know what? I'm tired of taking my cue from the futures because they've not been right. And if I look at the banks, say, and I say, oh, my, I am really worried about owning Citigroup, Carl, because of this. Well, I mean, don't people realize that what you have is going to be able to get 0.25, maybe 0.3? And the banks are going to be able to get 3.5, not unlike 1991, 1992. But I think most of the future traders were in diapers back then. Uh, I don't know, Pampers, I mean, you know, Huggies, depends upon their method of choice. But the people who've been around know that 1990 and 1992 was the chance when Greenspan said we have to reliquify the banks. That is what's happening, except we don't even need to reliquify them. I mean, David, history is not bump, OK? Um, and it does, you know, look, I mean, it's true that you could say that history repeats itself uh, the first time, obviously, well, whatever, whatever Marx wanted to say, second time farce. But, you know, David, does the Dow deserve to be down 549 points? Remember, it'll be down 600 when we start because these people really like to make themselves look right. That's been something I've been saying for ages. But I just think that the whole rally was not a bogosity. A bogosity? I made the okay. word up because it caught
1: people's attention. Yeah, yeah. Like pompous of love.
3: Same thing. Making stuff up. So You're talking yeah. Steve Miller? Yeah, of course. I've always went felt that if Moore. I have one question, I ask anybody, I'd like to ask, what is pompous? <laughs> well, who is Maurice?
1: We don't know. We'll Maurice know. is part of a scene which went broke. I do know who Steve Leisman is, know, uh, Jim, and he says in a tweet that Fed funds are now seen peaking at 4.27 in April. Now, remember, it's not just the terminal rate that the market's trying to figure out, which apparently is now 4.27. Uh, it's also how long we'll be there. Uh, also, uh, we're expected to be at 4% on rates before, I'm sorry, uh, the Fed hiking above 4%, Carl, by year-end. So 75, 75, and a yeah. 25?
3: Uh, it does sound oh, like Oh um, I mean, it's yeah, like the discussion. NFL. I mean, it's like yeah. the NFL. You want to predict what, I mean, that's got billions of dollars in, in settled directions and how wrong the gamblers were. I'm listening to a different set of gamblers. They actually watch the Fed. But these are all gamblers, Carl. And I find that the gamblers are often wrong. I think the line's wrong. Well, um, like we got, you saw the B of A fund manager survey
2: today. Cash levels 6.1. That's the highest since, uh, I guess, you strip out uh, 9.11, Jim. That's an all-time high. And then Savita on Squawk this morning saying uh, S&P 500, um, is probably the worst thing you can own, probably the most crowded ticker
3: in the world. Well, look, then let's look at individual stocks. I mean, I saw buyers this morning, Caterpillar was up four points, and I said, okay, that makes no sense. Uh, But then I was looking at Oracle, Oracle was up, now Oracle will be down. I mean, SafraCats, pretty good executive, that stock sells at a a rock bottom multiple. Uh, They'll buy back another million shares of stock as soon as they can, they can't do it today. But you know what? It's interesting to come up, David, with the level of minus 575 on the Dow. Is there someone right now who says, you know what? I think it's minus 640. Is there really someone who could be that challenged intellectually? I think those people are on an intellectual vacation.
1: Understood. You've made that very clear in the last 14 minutes that you don't have a great deal of respect for those. I
3: just changed my mind. I, I hate macro the market. traders. I mean, that's what they're like. <laughs> That's what they're I, like. I, yes, but okay? that is the market that, I mean, you, no, that we live
1: that, with, Jim, and we live with it every day. You're talking as though you haven't been a part of this market for, uh, for decades. I mean, yeah.
3: I thought and the we Cowboys were going to win, you for you heaven's sake. <laughs>
1: I'm sure you did. So did Denver lose? Really they good. Did. They lost, I've been right? three, times,
3: okay. three times champion in the Mad Money League, and I thought the Cowboys were going to win. Okay, that's just as effective as it. Carl? We are trying to predict something we can't predict. I will tell you this. Jay pal said this number is going to run hot. He's going to do 0.75. I think he's going to do 0.75 again if it runs hot. That is empirical. That is not guesswork. And we seem to act as if this little bit of inflation, more than we thought, is a great reason to sell Disney down to 108. I, I, I did not go to college to get stupid.
2: James Conn. I Thank hear you. the music. Does that mean we're going to break?
1: Well, I I think we I I is it got I, I don't really you? know. I don't know. I think and we don't know. Anymore. I think we've exhausted this subject matter. Uh, I, personally, if yeah. we could make an audible right no. here on set.
3: No, When we come back, no? we'll talk Starbucks and how much that should be down. Three points, because it's all different here. I want a triple venti cappuccino, but hold hold the wet there because of this number. Everybody's view is changing with about their lives because of this number. No.
2: Gino Smith well,
1: won last night. There we go. Yeah, I think we will go to break. What do you think? We, we have a lot to get to, as Jim we uh, makes clear. We'll, we we'll
2: dive in uh, to Oracle further. Big day for Twitter today. Uh, Peloton rent the runway, of course. A big day for Starbucks. Uh, Jim in Seattle uh, for that. Plus, uh, this testimony on what to expect from the whistleblower and a lot more. Uh, CPI does run hot. More Squawk in the Street continues in a moment.
0: Let's get straight to the point.
1: The Twitter whistleblower set to testify on Capitol Hill this morning. The company's former head of security Peter Mudge-Zatko is going to appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee. That'll be about an hour from now. He has uh, accused Twitter executives of deceiving regulators about the company's cyber defenses and its efforts to control millions of fake accounts. We're going to bring you live coverage of the hearing. Remember, of course, his accusations did not focus on the area of contention between uh, Elon Musk and Twitter, namely the number of bots on the platform. That really was not as much a focus as it, for him as it is on general security of the platform itself. And many of the questions uh, that at least were put to Parag Agarwal, the uh, CEO, by the uh, Committee on the Judiciary um, deal with that. We'll see what Zatko has asked and what he answers about you know, the policies and procedures for protecting user data from insider threats. by foreign intelligence training and guidance and instructions given to Twitter employees and Carla goes on from there as you might expect uh, as well including obviously whether they deceive the FTC Um, again they do regular audits and have completed one since Mr. Zatko left the company but this may be Musk's I don't want to say last chance but certainly one of the last chances they have to really raise some questions that perhaps will give them some traction in Delaware court, it's not clear that they've gotten there yet.
2: Uh, yeah, and uh, I was going to say the history of Congress eliciting original ideas or facts is checkered, would you argue? I mean, I'm not sure what Grassley and Durbin can add to this.
1: Yeah, it's this very much unclear that it's going to be anything more than a un- theater that typically, I mean, we're, we're going to want to listen, want to hear what Mr. Zatko has to say, but you're right. That has often been the experience I think we have in watching many of these hearings. Perhaps some good questions will be raised, uh, unclear, Jim. But, uh, you know, again, this thing is on track for the uh, October 17th in Delaware court. So we're talking roughly a month from now at this point. Um, No talk of settlement yet, but that can happen very quickly. won't take long if, in fact, the two parties should decide at some point that that makes more sense. Um, But, Jim, you know, meanwhile, shareholders obviously approving the deal as expected. Why wouldn't you? Fifty-four twenty versus what? Fifteen. Yeah, I think I'll take fifty-four twenty if I can get it, whatever the chances may be.
3: Uh, Senator Durbin is a person that a lot of the retailers are looking to, to be able to end the massive fence stealing and fencing online, uh, including Amazon, where it was yesterday. Uh, he's uh, trying to get legislation, we believe, uh, that would make it so that that fencing would be illegal. But what's so important is you have to drop all that because there be could there be anyone more important than Mudge? I mean, Mudge. I'm not talking sludge. I'm talking Mudge. So he will go forward. He will do this. We'll forget it in about 48 hours, which is a little bit shorter than we than than Metaverse when we had a whistleblower there. It's not relevant. And you know what, David? Maybe all this will end. When Elon Musk gets in there while he's launching rockets, okay, and also doing something with cars, this is probably uh, something he could really focus on, too. What do you think, David? Yeah, it,
1: could, it could be. It could be. He's going to have to take a little time to get to pose very soon. I'm not sure exactly when, but I think it's scheduled for quite oh, soon. Oh, can we get there, David? There, yeah, no. Some people have some been speculated, to pose, well, he'll want to settle before he gets deposed. But he's Elon
3: Musk. He's not afraid of being deposed. He's but, David, deposed has all ever the time. been deposed? Well, you, you know, at the beginning of a deposition, Carl, they ask you to say where you live. Right, they give you your name. Well, must do that. Will he answer that pedestrian stuff? Will he yawn? I mean, what will he do if he's faced with the same thing that 340 million other people have to do? I can't believe he's I think he's going to give his addresses and then the deposition going to be over. because it will take the whole day. <laughs>
2: Uh, we'll find out. It's going to require a, a little bit of uh, digging to, to get into that, that deposition. Meanwhile, guys, two-year, 373, almost 374. Uh, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and count down to the opening bell. Don't go anywhere.
0: Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. All
1: right, let's get to a mad dash uh, cross country yet again, uh, as we get you counting down to the
3: opening bell. Oracle reported earnings. Jim, what do you think? Well, first I just saw Howard Schultz. I got to tell you, a, a reminder of Titans in our time. Speaking of another Titan, we have Larry Ellison last night, basically blasting the hell out of the neg- of the Bears. Safra you and I like Safra You and I think she's a heavyweight. David, they bought back seven point five million shares. They're growing their, they're, uh, they're gl- growing all of their cloud at point- at forty five percent. So I guess because of this CPI number, we are supposed to sell Oracle. You're going to be selling it into their darn buyback in two days. But that's all right, David. I, I recognize the right to be stupid is in the First Amendment. I think it's something that Madison put it in for. Remember Madison? Yes. Smart I do, I do. Yes. Yes, of Virginia. Hamlin gets all um, the credit. He had nothing to do with that First Amendment.
1: Back to Oracle for a moment. Um, The numbers themselves, I mean, the Cerner acquisition going in the right direction, they haven't really integrated it fully yet.
3: Not yet. I mean, look, Cerner is an opportunity for them. I think what's incredible is is that they mentioned that Amazon Web Services is just growing incredibly. Something Adam Slipsky said to me yesterday. Now, but, you know, once again, there will be people who sell Amazon because it's part of the S&P. I want to take the other side of the trade. I say let them dissipate their selling by 11 o'clock and take a look at Amazon if it's down two or three points because I just discovered within the last 72 hours that their web services business is crushing it.
1: What do you mean? You didn't know they were crushing it previously? What did you learn from the interview that you didn't already know going in?
3: Very good point. I think that there are a lot of people who felt that we are beginning to see a slowdown in some parts of the internet. But uh, Adam Slipsky continues to hire. Uh, we know that Larry Ellison said last night he cannot believe how fast Amazon Web Services is growing. Now, does that mean we should necessarily buy a stock? No, but it does mean that the futures may be knocking it down to a level where it's worthwhile.
2: Uh, well, he did tease some uh, high-profile defections uh, from AWS to Oracle in the coming months. Uh, so we'll see what uh, what kind of wins Oracle can put together. Overall, guys, obviously uh, some pronounced weakness here uh, in the wake of that uh, CPI number. And we'll see how much uh, can be unwound from what was pretty healthy bounce. Uh, in fact, uh, Mark Newton, technician last night, said that maybe the rally here getting a little bit extended, 200 S&P points in about four days. And certainly uh, the print on inflation is going to help accelerate uh, that reversal. Let's get the opening bell here, the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board, it's Endeavor, celebrating the grand opening of a digital arts center in New York City. And at the NASDAQ, it's Henry Schein, distributor of dental and medical supplies. So, Jim, after a series of pretty strong days, eight to one, nine to one, uh, we do expect breath to be pretty negative at the open, and there it is.
3: I mean, look, if you look at what the S&P is, yes, we're going to repeal 50% of the rally. That tends to be where you should be buying if you felt like you missed the rally. Look, David, you, know, you and I, look, we've all been around a long time. Let's see yes, yeah. who's ringing the bell. Henry Schein, you introduced me to them. Now, that makes that's yes. a company that makes a, a consistent medical supply company. It should not be hit. Endeavor, now, I don't know about you, David, but I mean, Ari Emanuel has not yet texted me or called me Um, But it's only 9.30, and I think he can't call me while he's still up there. But, you know, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, well, there are a lot of companies that are doing quite well that are being thrown away right now. You should just pick your spots. I'm not saying buy everything. I am saying that Amazon has now given up half the gain. And and isn't that what you're supposed to buy when it comes to profit-taking coming down? So, David, I don't think I'm the one who is saying absurd things. I think the futures market is saying a third thing. You made that saying, very clear. Made 14, that very clear over the last matter. thirty minutes. Well,
1: You're going to have an opportunity, well, though, I mean, if you want to buy Jim to do 30, so every at, every at, of us. at At roughly two percent less than you would have paid yesterday, with the Nasdaq down actually 2.75 percent right now. Of course, we've talked about that two-year hitting uh, heights we haven't seen. Carl, I'll leave it to you to tell me the last time we saw the two-year 3.74. I
2: mean. you got to go back to, it's pretty much 0.7. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, the Uh, 10 year earlier this morning, 3.4 would take you back to June. Remember, we did
1: hit
3: 3.48 this summer. Right. But wouldn't you sell that chart? That's a spike. That's a spike. How can you not want to buy 3.75 if he's going to raise 0.75, 0.75? Is there any chance that this is an opportunity to buy these notes? I mean, why does it have to be an opportunity to sell them? Because I've got to tell you, that's a parabolic move. And I sell parabolic moves, whether they're in stocks or in treasuries. That's a good point. And it has been. The
1: question is, what are the reverberations from that move going to be in the broader economy? What's it going to mean to mortgage rates? Obviously, you're not pegging off the two-year, typically. but. You know, gym housing is obviously a very well, important part of this economy. You've talked a lot about it. Diana Olick uh, talking earlier about
3: rentals. Yes, sorry. Well, but isn't that what we're, what we're actually hoping for? Is a decline in those things? I mean, that's what we, we want 0.75. We want a decline in those things. They're certainly not recessionary. We're going to have a slowdown, no doubt about it. So pick your spots about what is really hurt by this and sell and, and Think about what to buy that's not by hurt not hurt by this. And yes, am I a broken 45, maybe even LP? Okay. Well I can't change my mind within, you know, it's six it's nine well, six thirty-three here. It's nine thirty-three and I, I I just look at Apple on the on the fourteen launch and I can't get one. I got this phone I had to buy because I lost my phone. And it's like, wow, I guess I shouldn't buy the fourteen. Because the consumer price index ran a little high. I mean, Carl, it's a little counterintuitive to think that an average American is going to use Prime less. Now, it's entirely possible you could say Amazon's now overvalued because the price earnings ratio should go uh, lower. But, Carl, isn't that what's been happening since November? You know, how many times can we sell these things? <laughs> well, uh, I guess a
2: few, but I guess, you know, Jim, p is pretty much back to the 50 day. I don't. It doesn't sound like you expect us to go back and retest thirty nine hundred, or maybe you do.
3: Well, look. I think that there'll come a moment at some point th- this year where we'll come down. Uh, but I think, I think that many of the lows are put in. Uh, there's some parts of the market that are overvalued. I, I've repeatedly mentioned Nvidia, one of my absolute f- favorite stocks, at forty times earnings, but. Uh, but we're looking at AMD, which is a company that went down yesterday. It's going to be selling at 18 times earnings with a fabulous growth rate. Admittedly, China is going to, to, I think, uh, hurt them. But I cannot uh, uh, accept the fact that I hear this morning that rents are down. I'm going to be talking with Costco soon. I think they're going to tell me the food is stabilized. I deal with almost every utility company, and they are not going to be having increasing electric rates. We know that natural gas has come down. So, I mean, yeah. there are things that happen that change. There are things that that's change, great- and they're not all going to change the wrong way. Yeah, that's a great
2: point. Um, for example, uh, we do have gas prices here down 13 weeks. Haven't done that in uh, three years. Uh, Goldman, I don't know if you saw cutting their forecast on European net gas, because, in their view, Europe has successfully solved the puzzle for how to get through a winter when storage is at 90%. Now, the, the issue will be next year when storage goes back to 20% then you got to really get some demand right. destruction.
1: And or dealing with what are going to be consistently very high prices for energy and what that's going to mean for manufacturing on the continent in particular and certain parts and sectors of the economy, they're going to have to slow
2: dramatically. I mean, are they still looking for a recession in Europe, as most are? Oh, yeah. Gold- yeah. I think Goldman has yeah. called the situation in Europe dire. But on the other hand, Jim, you know, we haven't mentioned Ukraine today, but the page one of the journal, or actually the Times, 40 local officials in Russia calling for the resignation of Vladimir Putin, Bloomberg with a piece about how the possibility of a collapse in the Russian military is now something people are actively trying to game out.
3: Well, uh, in the second month of the 1994, uh, the incursion into uh, Chechnya, the Russian army did collapse. And uh, everyone thought that this Russian army was the brand-new, more disciplined army. But we seem to forget they chose this to be a police action. They did not send their major divisions like they did in the in the successful war against Chechnya in 1999. We thought that—I think a lot of us felt, and I did too. I thought they would send the elite group. And, David, obviously they haven't sent the elite group. Uh, I'm surprised that so many people could go—good, well, down 600, got that one right— I am surprised, David, that there are so many people who actually talk openly about Putin being in trouble, because you'll probably be killed if you say that. And so those people probably have had to think about making that uh, charge before I and mean, think long and hard, because Putin is, has thrown people, uh, I don't know, someone jumped out of a hospital window soon, uh, recently. I-, I felt that suspicious. I don't know about you, dude. I thought it was suspicious.
1: Yes, uh, defenestration is a, is a common occurrence in, uh, in Russia. But it's always... What can you do? has nothing to do with anybody actually pushing. Um,
3: has there been a dictator, dictator who would survive such a defeat? Now, of course, we're hearing, you know, I, I got inundated by hedge funds who are saying, Jim, you have to talk about nuclear war. You absolutely have to talk about the Russians uh, going nuclear. And I say, okay, I just did it.
1: I know. I mean, that was coming up yesterday as well. Well, now we have to consider the fact, what, was, what does Putin do if he actually is losing? And then we have discussions, right. as you just brought up, the idea, well, could, it, could there be a real change in power? It seems inconceivable in some ways until, obviously, it happens. Uh, those things do, would right. clearly, Carl, be a real positive were there to be some sort of change there in leadership, or one would expect it would be a positive, a uh, significant positive, um,
3: but very you know, early Carl. to be... America-
1: Talking about that,
3: yeah. American Express was up 2.5 points at 4.30, okay? Whoever's buying there is obviously, just dying. Um, American Express is now down a lot. I listened to Peter Kern at, at Expedia. Their numbers are the best they've ever been. You know, it's, it's very hard for me to say, you know what? American Express is having a great quarter. The numbers with visas are, ha- are great. But we have to sell it because that's what you do when the Fed raises rates even though that's exactly what we expected to happen. So I would say to people at home, please don't sell into this. Don't, you know, please stay the course. The cavalry's coming in the form of many of the numbers that were red hot, cooling. And, you know, Carl, there's a possibility that when you break down the CPI, there'll be some numbers that are still be hot. But thank heavens it's a little bit hot or else we'd be saying the Fed is desiring to put us into inflation, into recession right now to stop inflation. If the Fed was saying we have to wait and see, Carl, then I'd say, you know what, the market deserves to be down this much. But the Fed is saying, listen, we basically knew this number's running hot. You didn't. We're going 0.75, and we'll go a little more if necessary. Uh, I just think that people just, everything's gospel. Because the 10-year note went to 3.4, but the two years, I don't know, 3.7, therefore we have to go in a recession. But every number tells me that it's unlikely to go into recession, and I'm I'm still believing in j Powell, largely because other than in the period between October and December of 2018, he's been dead right on everything. But it does not accrue at all to him. It just doesn't accrue. And I question that. Uh, You raise a
2: good point, Jim, especially given that a couple of uh, macro desks uh, last 24 hours. J.P. Morgan is the big one, uh, arguing that economic data and investor positioning are more powerful than Fed speak. This is Kalanovic, And that uh, the data is increasingly supportive of a soft landing, in their view, uh, more likely than a global recession. And then Credit Suisse. You know, John Gollum continues to insist that there'll be a collapse in inflation over the next uh, 12 to 18 months and that Fed's going to stop in the next, say, four to six months.
3: Well, if Russia uh, starts losing the war, they have to flood the world. They uh, are losing the war. Let's be clear. The Starts
1: losing the war, they, they've been well, losing um, the war. They're
3: definitely losing the okay, war. Okay, well, let's say, uh, all right, I was trying to be negative. Never mind. I—I I, Forget <laughs> it. I don't want to be negative. Let someone else be negative. Okay? I am in a town right now. Let's accept this. I am in Seattle. I don't know if people stayed up last night, but the unthinkable occurred which is a quarterback who was a second-rate quarterback who played for your team, David, and was just abysmal. And the only thing I I always felt it was an affront to Geno's, my absolute favorite stake in Philadelphia. He won. Now, I mean, things happen. These people could be wrong. The people who are making these bets could be wrong. I want to take the other side of the trade. I'm not changing. Uh, Carl, I'm a broken record. I'm positive. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I can't uh, I, I'm positive. I'm sorry. Somebody just I said apologize. that. You're
1: a broken 78. Yeah. Um Geno Smith was not abysmal to, just to, just a to, he wasn't given enough of a shot. I saw him actually play some good games for the Jets. It just didn't go his way. But you know you what? Did? It's the Jets. It's the Jets. I never saw I mean, them. What are you gonna do? Yeah. I, I we, it's it's sad. Carl, uh, guys, Russell I want to come back. I
3: know you know that team. Didn't Russell Wilson look old? Or no, just a bad offensive line?
1: Old? He didn't look old. He was right here oh, with us county the other day. He looked Carl's wonderful. the expert. He looked
2: fabulous. Yep, we're rooting for him, although he got booed pretty bad. And they weren't booing the team, they were yeah, he did. booing Russ.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that
3: was rough.
2: Guys, I, um, I wanted
1: to once take again, a step we're back. From the broader market.
3: We're going to try to stabilize. And, Guys, you know okay. what I'll give you? I was in Europe last week, right. and my electric bill, Carl, my electric bill's up three times from a year ago. Three times. I thought that was significant. And the EU get, uh, said, listen, we'll give you 40% of putting in solar panels uh, on wherever you want to because electricity is just crushing the economy. So I am a believer that Europe's going to be in a bad recession. There, I'm, Carl, I'll give you that negative. I, I, I'll just give it to you. Right.
2: Uh, well, some argue that the, the more dire it gets over there, the closer we will feel. Uh, any external, uh, in negative externalities from severe economic stress? In Europe.
3: Well, we used to be very much involved with Europe. And then after 2011, I think we've done less and less. Uh, J.P. Morgan still has a lot of exposure there. But this is, you know, Charlie Sharp is just not, from Wells Fargo, is not looking at the price of natural gas in Europe, which, is, which did fall 44% this week to that time.
1: David. Um, guys, I, I, yeah, I just, I just, I like to sort of come full circle on things, so I did want to come back to this company, AppLovin. I know it seems strange to mention it right now, but you know, I spent a lot of time talking about that bizarre bid that they made at the time to try to acquire Unity, which of course was in a deal to acquire IronSource. AppLovin making it very clear to their shareholders, by the way, that they really did see IronSource as a threat. Perhaps those shareholders were unaware of that. Uh, You may remember you know when they went after them you can own 55% you can own 49% of the uh, uh, Of the vote and 55% of the economics and your CEO can be CEO of the combined company They were incapable of coming up with anything else It was a very strange structure in part relying on stock that didn't even trade Anyhow, we've been waiting I think weeks and weeks and weeks for them to finally throw in the towel, but they did But Jim this was odd to say the least. Uh, not to mention what took them so long. And the stock just went down and down and down uh, as their shareholders said, well, what can you do now? Perhaps come up with an all-cash bid? Remember KKR is a significant owner here as well. Not showing perhaps as much financial acumen as one might expect, at least in terms of navigating a difficult well, M&A situation. But uh, that's over, and they're back I know to a lot of uh,
3: felt- doing whatever it is they do. Well, well John Rucutella did not want to sell, I mean, remember him from from EA, CEO of Unity. Uh, uh, By the way, uh, at least recently, a a big holding of ARK. But I I just look at uh, you, and I think that's part of the problem of the market. It's a company that's losing a lot of money. Uh, I don't want to own that stock. I want to own companies that are making a lot. I mean, just take a look at Microsoft. It's down eight points on this. Got a big buyback. They're doing pretty well. Uh, And again, I say, okay, look, if I have a choice between owning Microsoft or Meta down nine because there's a survey that says that, that Reels isn't doing as well after I've spoke with the Reels people and I don't think that they're making numbers up to me. Those, those are very profitable companies that, Microsoft, I know David, has a high multiple, but when you look at some of the multiples of the Fang names, I mean, they're rock bottom. And, and, David, I, I think they're quite well, interested. Well, rock bottom is the key question,
1: isn't it, Jim? I mean, you say rock bottom, and then there are others that say, oh, no, I'm going to get an opportunity to buy them in the future when their numbers come down even further. Uh, and therefore, multiples either well, look, adjust for that or simply the earnings come down even more. So, you well, know, I, I, mean, I don't look, know, the Jim. That's, the, that's what the market's saying.
3: 14. Yeah. Look, I, I let them let sell off. I'm not in any hurry to buy I just think that by 11 o'clock, when you finish with European selling, and I, look, it's not going to be an up day. This is bad numbers. I'm just saying that there were a lot of people yesterday who were saying, I cannot believe I missed this rally. Now, I guess what they're going to turn around and say how smart they were that they missed the rally. But that's not been human behavior. Typically, David, the human behavior is to say, you know what, I, I'm getting a chance to buy what I missed at better prices. And and, and I, I think that's not bad, David. I think that's not bad provided you buy companies that are making money and don't sell at high multiples. Companies that are losing money, this is not an opportunity.
2: We are holding 4K. Uh, That's something of note. You do mention Meta, and that is the biggest S&P loser at the moment. Of course, the story this morning in the Journal about the disparity between time spent on reels and time spent on TikTok. I mean, it's like night and day. Jim, uh, you're there for Starbucks, and maybe we should talk a bit about what you expect Investor Day to be like
3: well, look, this is a, a hand, handoff to Laxman Laks, and Narasimhan. I'm going to be speaking with, with Howard. They're reinventing the company, I mean, one of the things that took everybody surprise, including, I believe, Kevin Johnson, the CEO, is that Starbucks has become a cold-brew company. Uh, that was something you can't pivot that quickly if you don't have enough ice machines. There are a lot of things about Starbucks that I think uh, are blocky and tackling, and one of the things, Carl, that was most upsetting, I think, to Howard Schultz was how much money they were using to buy back stock instead of improving the company. So a rational approach is to take that money, pay, pay your employees a little more, figure out how to make your stores faster, and then proceed. And then obviously you got a China problem there, but Starbucks is uh, for China, uh, by China. And I'm looking at the company and thinking, you know what, it was 84 not that long ago. Maybe you can get it back there again. That'd be a good price.
2: we will watch Starbucks.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, Jim. It will be interesting to see what Luxman is able to accomplish, obviously, and, and in terms of reengineering the store format, what they need to do, to your point, given the change in in consumer behavior, so to speak, well, in terms of what they want out of a Starbucks. Yeah.
2: And the other thing, Jim, that we talked about last week in your absence, unfortunately, was uh, his history uh, at McKinsey and Pepsi and his background in consumer packaged goods and how that might... Uh, change maybe corporate strategy at the margin, given some of the issues they've had lately with kitchen complexity.
3: Yeah, I think that's a great point, Carl. You need someone who is uh, an international figure, who has turned around companies, who understands with Breckett Ben Kieser that uh, you can take companies that are doing poorly and turn them around within two years. So I think it's a very exciting choice. David, You know, it is kind of interesting to see some of these companies being turned over, the reins being turned over to people who are not American, and almost in a recognition that America isn't necessarily the next frontier. Other countries are. I think it's very smart. The companies that are doing this, I think are going to end up ahead, not behind.
1: Okay, interesting. Uh, Guys, in the time we have... No, I mean, I I don't have much more to add on Starbucks at this point, and I'm looking forward to your conversation with Howard and and uh that's, that's about that's it nice. i wanted to talk about oh, i to talk about nice teleton him. for a minute because that's an i, <laughs> that's I look forward to davis
3: conversation with disney with a, you know as I you embrace should that.
1: as you should that's going to be a very interesting conversation with bob chapek
3: we didn't even do emmys mine is no, just interesting, interesting.
1: You're for hbo very interesting. Yeah.
2: netflix and um and a few others a few others succession six succession.
1: succession's the best the show beard. there is
2: oh and ted lasso yeah, and Apple. Apple.
1: Apple actually really has. Uh, they they started to spend the money. They don't have a library, so to speak, still, but they actually do have a lot of decent programming. you got to watch that Tehran. I'm telling you, it's good. Um, yeah, guys, Peloton, I, do we want to hit it briefly? It's down Behind. about 7 you're, you're, percent. Uh, John Foley's out entirely now, uh, obviously not the chairman. He is still basically has negative control. He has 40 percent control of the vote still. Uh, but he says, see you later. Um, as do a number of other uh, senior managers. I don't know, Jim. You know, you talk about opportunities. Obviously, we've talked about this stock a great deal because it was sort of a reflection of the um, the uh, COVID economy that reigned for a, a period of time, and that perhaps Mr. Foley actually believed was going to be sustaining for a longer period of time. That wasn't the case. But at ten bucks, I don't know. What do you think?
3: Well, I mean, the balance sheet's not that good, but I think the plan that we're seeing, which is to have much more individualization, Barry McCarthy, is that plan that they use for Netflix. So I don't want to jump in front of a speeding train, but I just want to make one point, David, that's been left out. I've met John Foley. He is very nice. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have CEO
1: McCarthy, who presented yesterday at the Communicopia uh, conference. That's the one I'll be attending Uh, as well in a a day or so Uh, take a listen
3: say what you want about John Foley he's the reason that I'm here today and he's the reason Peloton's here he invented the connected fitness category which didn't exist before his vision for it
1: see he also said he's nice
3: yeah he agreed with you Barry's mean but I like him Mm. tough tough I don't know if he's mean Tough. It's That's tough. a better word. I'm sl- I keep selecting these fifth grade words uh, because it doesn't seem all that long ago. David, rescue me.
1: Uh, I'm here for you, except you're far
3: away. You're out there
1: on your own.
3: Oh, big wow. Boy. Yeah, just follow. Chapex beard makes me want to buy the stock, but the tier makes me want to sell it.
2: Uh, guys, as we go to break, let's take a look at the bond report. We mentioned uh, the two-year, 275, or, sorry, 375, highest since 2007, and you got yields up across the board. Um, as for markets, as we said, holding 40.25 or so, uh, all sectors are red, all down names are red, except for Procter just went green. And as we said, Meta, the biggest loser on the S&P. Be right back. Jim, we kind of promo what you got coming up tonight, but it sounds like a big show.
3: Yeah, we got Howard Schultz on the handoff. We'll get, a, I think, some emotional, uh, let's say, closing comments from ha- from Howard. And then Craig Jelinek, he did an appearance not that long ago on our show. We're going to find out about food inflation and a bunch of other things. And I think both these uh, companies are doing well. But we will miss Howard. And Craig is super.
2: Yeah. Well, not, he's still with us for a while, right? A- April or so. Um, we look forward to seeing yes. how that transition. He's clearly going to yeah. be. Uh, there to mine the store uh, into the spring.
3: Yeah, and I wish David uh, good luck in his very interesting interviews coming up. Thank you. Thank you, Jim.
1: You'll see many of them on Thursday uh, morning when I will be in uh, oh. our San Francisco
3: bureau. I, yes. I look forward to taking the red eye. I, I bought an extra suit be able to come right to the set because I keep getting younger.
1: Yeah, I think it's really good for you to, uh, to get even less sleep. I think I advise that.
3: Thank you, you're kind of my you're doctor. Welcome. Carl, I always regard yeah. him as my doctor.
2: Oh yeah, we all lean on David no, for medical lot, advice. It's kind of our you, thing. You're the only guy I would say That's needs even less sleep. Yeah. Jim, we'll see you tonight. And back here in the morning, Uh, Jim Cramer in Seattle. Don't forget uh, Mad Money tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern time. In the meantime, the Twitter whistleblower about to testify on Capitol Hill. We're going to stay on top of the sell off as well as the Dow's down 620. uh, Still hanging in there above uh, S&P 4K.
1: You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.